kia mau ki te hā o Hinepu te hue. Hold steadfast the essence of Hinepu te hue. Nau mai whakatau mai ki tēnei o ngā whakāturanga i raro i te maru o te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. This is Te Ahikā on Radio New Zealand National. Welcome to the show. We've got you covered for the next hour in our Te Matitini Kapahaka special. On Thursday, Māori on mass checked out the spectacle that is Te Matitini, the Olympics really of Māori performing arts. Aira, and big congratulations to all the winners. Ko koutou tēra e taia ki te taumata. While Te Matatini is all about promoting Te Māori and us, there has been a bit of raru-daru. Aye. Over the weeks leading up to Te Matatini, there's been an outcry from Māori media based on mainstream media outlets over broadcasting and recording access. So, we went there. Well, not to the actual event, but the take, and asked two Māori media commentators, Willie Jackson and Potoa Biasene Tule, what they thought. Well, I understand exclusivity because mainstream are great at getting exclusivity. So, um, uh, but I'm a bit disappointed that things weren't worked out uh, properly between uh, uh, mainstream, particularly Te Karere and um, <clears throat> and Māori Television, because uh, you know we all know each other. Everybody knows each other in yeah. this uh, industry, and. Uh, um, you know, half the Takarati team would have worked for Māori Television and vice versa. One of the more dominant groups at the Kapahaka is Te Arua based Rōpū, Te Matarai Orehu. We have the sister of the Kaita Takitane, Wetini Mitai Ngātai, with us, whose pathway to opera started with Kapahaka. I, I enjoy singing as a soloist, um, but uh, I decided that I'd like to sing with some other women after watching... Uh, a group called the Celtic Women on YouTube, and uh, they're Irish ladies, and they um, they sing a lot of their own traditional songs, but also a lot of uh, popular and um, well-known classical songs and crossover classical style. Kia ora, Maria Kappa, Alicia Fai Holton, and Ramani Sherman coming up later on in the show. That's what's coming up in this edition of Te Ahika. It's called Te Matatini today, but back in the Ra, it started as the Aotearoa Polynesian Festival, then the Aotearoa National Performing Arts Festival. Te Wakahuia have won it four times, 1986, 1992, 1994 and 2009. Before Te Wakahuia, Baba Nen also tutored the East Coast Kapahaka group Waihirere. The first winners of the festival in 1972. Now these fellas are legends. This year, a mere month ago, the book Kamotewehi, Taking Haka to the World, Baba Nen's Story, as told to Bradford Harmi, was published. We'll review that book in an upcoming episode of Te Ahika. Tonight we have a kōrero recorded in March 1994, not long after the festival in Hawera, when Henare Te Ua sat with Babuihi talking, of course, kapahaka. For more than 40 years, Ngāpō Babuihi, now living in Auckland, has been to the forefront of the Māori cultural performing arts movement, leading, tutoring, composing, performing and innovating. In the early 1950s, in fact in 1952, Ngāpō moved to the Gisborne district where he met his wife Pimia Oneno. I was going with my wife and with Nen, 
and waited. And uh, as you know, uh, her family, your family, has been always in this type of role. And I went along to the practices, and uh, that's how it started, and I'm still in it. So can you remember those occasions then? What was the atmosphere like when, when, the, when the group at Wahidete was meeting, meeting together at, at Wahidete itself? Was there was there a air of excitement? Was there that feeling that people wanted to do what they were doing because they, they really wanted to do? They were carrying on some sort of tradition? Yes, I, I remember in 1952, I think about the month of November, when all the pakeke from... Uh, that area got together and talked about holding a competition and 1953 was the first one. Um, the competition was very tough. I mean, the eight teams there, you couldn't tell who was going to win. That's how tough it was. And me being a, a fledgling and, of course, uh, Nen's uncles, Tikani Tehua and uh, Baby Tehua, uh, Ani Tehua, they were all there. I was actually overawed by them. At times I felt like leaving the group, but I went back again and I've been in it ever since. I remember a gathering. It was quite secretive those days. All the groups that used to enter the competition wouldn't let anybody else know what they were doing. Uh, the competition was real high class. And... Uh, that particular year, the first year, I think there were one or two outsiders. When I say outsiders, in-laws like myself, I think Pop Milner, um, Kapirangi, we were in the, that lot. And then um, primarily it was all Te Tenga people. And after so many years there, they moved into town because the membership started to fall away. And then we took anybody who was interested. And in 1964, I think... 65, when Bill left to go to Wellington, we moved back out to the Marae. And we operated from there ever since uh, Nen and I left, 1981, September 1981. Was Wahiri a group in those days then made up virtually of members of different whānau from the, from the Marae area itself? Was it yes, from the, from the actual Wahiri people. Yes, and uh, they've always been good at singing. Why? Oh, I think the environment is cultivated there. That, you know, if you've got singing parents or you've got parents who play the guitar, you provide whatever it is and they'll turn out like that. And so it was kind of part of the lifestyle. So when did you first start composing uh, items, action song and so on? Well, I dabbled a bit even when Bill was there, but, you know, when I look back, some of the stuff I did, I, I cringe. Why? Oh, uh, and it shows my amateur... Amateurish with that stuff. Not to say I'm professional, but I, you know, over the years you gain a few things. Were, were you being guided by anyone? Were you seeking advice from anyone you know, regarding the words and the meanings? No, not really. I, I was a little bit afraid to approach anybody. And I mean, Bill was there, and Connie was there, and Uncle Baby was there, and they were the masters at at their particular uh, field. Uncle Connie would never do the haka. Uncle Baby would never fight quarter and. Uh, some of the things I learned from that is very valuable. That today, people like me, we're dabblers. We dabble in everything, and perhaps that's why they become a tohunga, because they concentrated their efforts on one particular field. Very, very good in one aspect. And, and stay else is very good in one aspect. Yes. And bring them together. They're a right. formidable force. Mm. So in those years then, leading up to the early 1960s, when Wahidere was 
um, perhaps being, excuse me, being, being tutored and looked after by William Wukitikere. When when he and and his wife Mihi went to went to Pornike and you and uh, your wife Pimia moved back to Wahidi there, did you feel that there was that there was that Bill had set a certain sort of peer model, as it were, that you had to follow? Was there any sort of apprehension that he were taking over the group, uh, which had already established a, a history in its own right? It was frightening, because Bill uh, at that time was the man of the culture, mm. and. Um, had sleepless nights trying to think how the heck we're going to fill in where Bill left off. And I guess one of the things that set Nan and I on the road was that I overheard somebody saying, well, now that Bill and me have gone, uh, we're here to go down the chute. So we just got ourselves together and we led the club from 65 to 81. So that was almost a barb, that was almost almost a challenge then. That, uh... Well, I like to think I'm a challenging guy, so I guess so. What about 1970, say, when that the uh, the welcome to Queen Elizabeth and the Duke of Edinburgh was held at Rugby Park? What, what, what sort of activity was, was the group involved with at that stage? Oh, we, we've always been involved in something. Whenever there's something on in, in Gisborne, um, we, we were usually asked to, to do that. So with Bill leaving, and leaving a vacuum really, um, we plotted away there, and in the end we were involved with the welcome in 70, um, and then 72 came up with the first New Zealand Polynesian Festival, so we got deeper and deeper. What was the background to, to that uh, first ever uh, Polynesian Festival, as it was called then, Bob? I think it was basically talked about years before, about getting a national group together. I think Kingy was involved, and Jock McEwen, and one or two others. And it came to pass that in 1972 it was agreed they should have competitions on a Maori Council district basis. Um, so uh, Sir Henarengata came to see me one day and asked me about whether we should have a look at it, and I said, yes, we'll look at it. So we got the rest of the Central Committee those days, made up of different delegates, and uh, a lot of people don't know that, the competition in Gisborne has been going since 1970, so 1953, up to this date without a break. And so it emerged from there, and at that time the winner would go and represent the district. So over the years, Nan and I have attended 11, or competed in 11. Um, we went as a spectator to Hastings because we just shifted up from Auckland from Gisborne to Auckland. The first New Zealand Polynesian Festival was held in Waterua in 1972. Wehidere performed, and in the ancient chant section, the Waiata Tafito, they sang the lullaby, or oriori, popo. And this particular section of the performances carried with it a special trophy. That trophy was in memory of Tikani Tewa, and uh, it was actually a strainer post that was rescued from the shadows of Mongahomi. And I remember vividly Moni Tamanu, or the late Moni Tamanu, and Paddy Mo, who uh, carved it. And it was unique. I took it to them, and when I went to pick it up just the night before we went, they were just varnishing it. So I have special memories for that because it's called the Tikani Trophy. 
and which has been elusive for us. We've only won it maybe twice. There was one festival that you, you composed a haka where you were really chastising the then Minister of Māori Affairs, Koro Wetere, and you were chastising corporatisation and, uh, and uh, state-owned enterprises and so on. Is, is, a haka, is it still legitimate for the haka to carry that, that, that real message of uh, uh, sort of exposing, as it were, some pertinent issue? Oh, I think a haka is not a haka unless uh, you're in that area. I mean, look at the classics from Ngati Pro. Uh, some of those they, they dealt with land problems. They dealt with so I, I've just carried it on. I think that current affairs and and whatever topics of the day, I try to compose a haka with a dual purpose. That's to give a message. When you talk about me chastising Kuro, I wasn't actually chastising him personally. He but just happened to be the minister at that time, and at that time. Uh, he was minister for four portfolios, and, and I took it up on that that he was an opportunity for a minister who was holding four portfolios uh, to try and do something. Although one man can't do it, but it just so happens I like to be a little controversial. I think that haka is is debate, protestation. Um, let's see, uh, talk. Uh, all sorts of things like that. Otherwise, I mean, how can you huck out something when it's, you're talking about somebody who's good? Because it's not in there. with uh, Wahirere particularly and with Tawakahuya has soon seen both those groups uh, really at, at, at top level of cultural performances in Aotearoa, New Zealand above. What, 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 what's been the recipe for that? Are you a disciplinarian? Are you yes, I am. I, I am. I mean, I, I'm just following a suit under, I did an apprenticeship under Tikani Tehua and Baby Tuhua and Bill Tikarekere and, and Mihi and Ani Tahuka and uh, I've just followed on. I mean, this is no secret. It's just that at that time I was lucky to be there. And uh, I gathered information by watching and hearing. So it's no big secret, really. I think the environment was there. 
And in other words, the people who are under you have got to perform. They've got to perform to the highest standard, do they? Yes, I, I, I think it's... Uh, you know, lots of people think that high standards and disciplines are parky things. They're not. Maori people have their disciplines. You know, we were, we were a disciplined race. And we were competitive. And uh, we can... I mean, I think it's wrong to assume Maoris don't like discipline. I mean, have a look at the armed forces. And, and the Navy and the Air Force, you know, we like that type of thing. So, by nature, we're still competitive. And when we compete, you would have noticed at Tawara... I watched the teams going on, and I said, no, when's this going to stop? It's another one, it's another one. It's like there were like waves of strength coming in and energy. It was quite, well, you know, you had, had to cringe a bit and say, oh, how are we going to withstand that? And so, you know, I see that participation and the energy and, you know, why would some big guys over 20 stone take their clothes off to show people? I know why. Because it's pride, it's dignity. They're representing their club and their and their hapu and their iwi. They do it with pride. Of course, the big question now is, after so many hands-on years of involvement in Māori cultural performing arts and so many other other aspects of uh, Māori culture, but where to now? Well, there's a lot of things to do, you know. I mean, I'm a community man. There's a lot of things to be done out there. I, I hope that within the next month or so I'll be able to be talking to you again about some of the plans that I have, but uh, I'm not going to do that because there's one or two little things that have to be addressed. But I'm going to be involved heavily in helping our people to pick themselves up, and I hope I can do it. I can't do it without the help of a lot of other people out there. There's a lot of talented people out there. There's a lot of sad people. There's a lot of people... You know, at, at the bottom of the barrel. So I hope I'm going to be involved with other people. And as you know, we're pan tribal here. It doesn't really matter to me. I think we're here for the people, the Maori people, and particularly in Auckland, where there's over a third of the Maori race live here. So I'm going to have enough to do. In case you're just tuning in, and for those of you who are travelling home after Te Matatini in Rotorua, we know you fellas are listening. You can check out the podcast at radioNZ.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. Running a successful event can all come down to putia money. Hence the whakatauki, ma te huruhuru o te manu kārere. It is by the feather of the bird that gives flight to be successful. Take te matatini. It costs a lot of money to put it on. There's the outside broadcast equipment, venue, staging, staff, kai, all those logistical nightmares, and not just spread over four days either, but the months and years of planning beforehand. Now just for a moment, let's take you back three years and the world of bidding wars for broadcasting rights that involves hundreds and thousands and in this case millions of dollars not for Te Matitini, but 
the Rugby World Cup. After what became a mismanaged tendering process with the International Rugby Board, IRB, and what, according to Māori TV, was already a done decision, the government intervened, splitting the broadcasting rights amongst TVNZ, TV3 and Māori Television. Fast forward to a similar tendering process for the premier Kapahaka event of the year. And Māori TV was selected as the official broadcaster and granted exclusive broadcasting rights by Thematitini. Now, this isn't unusual that there's a single named broadcaster think the Olympics or any big sporting event. However, mainstream broadcasters have been crying foul at the enforcement of the media guidelines. That's how Rene Ritete of Auto Communications, the media outlet managing this on behalf of Timatitini, described it to me when we spoke to her earlier this week. That it's the enforcement of the media guidelines that's causing the outcry, which was in response to broadcasters at past Tematatini festivals blatantly ignoring previous established media protocols. Fair enough. Well, that's something we put to self-named digital geek and co-founder of the website tangatafenua.com, Potaua Biasini Tule, and manager of Māori Radio and commentator Willie Jackson. Well, I understand exclusivity because mainstream are great at getting exclusivity. So, um, uh, but I'm a bit disappointed that things weren't worked out uh, properly between uh, uh, mainstream, particularly Te Karere and um, <clears throat> and Māori Television, because uh, you know we all know each other. Everybody knows each other in yeah. this uh, industry, and. Uh, um, you know, half the Takarati team would have worked for Māori Television and vice versa. And, and so what we, we've got here is uh, um, uh, a number of people who miss out because, you know, Takarati's got a, a huge audience. And it's just a shame that uh, uh, there wasn't uh, some sort of negotiation or, or, or something worked out. And I do understand Māori TV uh, grabbing the exclusivity. I mean, that's fine, but... But the unfortunate thing is it looks like that uh, a number of people are missing out who are probably avid Takarere watchers. But it's not only affecting television. There's also radio broadcasting as well that's affected by the media restrictions. Um, well, not our Māori radio. I mean, what, you're talking about, oh, you're talking about mainstream radio? Talking about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not an advocate for you for your uh, for your uh, station. Right. I'm an advocate for Māori radio, and uh, um, Māori radio is not affected. So I'm very uh, happy uh, about the support that uh, has been given in that area. Um, but again, I, I'm not I don't, I'm not aware of the uh, the problems there. What uh, mainstream radio has been blocked out? Have they or? Uh, well, the, the same restrictions that are applied to television have been applied to the radio as well. And I guess the issue, one of the issues, Willie, is that Māori don't necessarily get their fix of te matatini through Māori television. That's true. So they do get it through te kārere. Mm. They will get it through mainstream radio. Mm. And they'll get it in other ways. For instance, what Portoa provides on his website, tangatafenua.com. So, I mean, what, to me, it kind of seems like there's a bit of a elitism. We've got this that slight undertone of, well, we're more Māori. We've got all the Māori covered going on here. Mm. Well, that's, I think that sort of criticism might uh, well be valid. Um, uh, but I'm a person who's not into just uh, 
um, you know, Māori Māori radio uh, getting uh, or Māori TV. I'm um, getting exclusive, getting the only coverage. I like to see our kaupapa across all the different mediums. You know, through through your medium. No problem. Actually, your medium can be very good in terms of uh, um, uh, some of these uh, kaupapa. You know, particularly Waitangi. I thought uh, National Radio did some reasonable, very reasonable coverage there. A lot better than mainstream. So um, I haven't been involved. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a negotiator for um, mainstream organisations. I'm a negotiator for Māori Radio, and uh, as, as the chairman for Māori Radio, and I just ensure that um, our, our people have been, or our organisation is looked after. Um, but uh, you know what you're telling me now—if that's happened—if uh, that happened over the last few days—that that would be disappointing, you know, for 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 some of us to get some of us to get access, uh, you know, get for some of our people to be blocked out because we've got good people everywhere. I, I always believe we need good people uh, in in all different mediums, and and I do think there's that um, there is that type of attitude that's coming over um, some of these national uh, haka. Competitions, you know, it's uh, you think you're in a military camp or something, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's so hard to get in for, for some people. I mean, Potoa, you're currently at the Pōhere at Te Matatini, and as a media person, but even as a punter, there are very firm restrictions on what audience members can record and do as well, isn't there? Uh, I think what we've been here to celebrate is Kapahaka and all the teams that have been doing the hard yards for the last two years and to bring it here on stage. It's going to be beautiful. The Pūhiri is happening now. There's a lot of people here, but we know thousands more would love to be watching it. Well, that's the very key, Potoa, because people want to watch it. People crave for their fix of kapahaka every two years. Um, as a digital geek yourself, and you deal with um, you know, social media, how are you getting that message across, other than TV and radio? We've seen, you know, like, if you're listening now, the best way to do it is to listen to Radio Tiarawa, so you can get that live feed, and you can go online or tune in if you're local. So at least there's an avenue, and we're trying to get as many photos of the poor up, but when it comes to the 41 teams, I think there are almost two quarters all that are going on. There's the integrity of each Rōpū and their intellectual property and making sure that the manna of what they've put their hard work into is, is kept solid. The integrity remains. But on the other side is the corporate governance style, which, you know, I think if it wasn't for Māori TV, it would have still been ghettoised to half an hour on public TV. So for 20, 30 years, public media... Public media has had uh, the monopoly on our kapaka, and now we're getting more and more fun of viewing through Māori TV, but it's still not enough. And so we're hoping that the digital world can open up a little bit more, but still hold the respect that it deserves. Even so, though, the only broadcast that's the only thing that's been broadcast live is the radio broadcast, Nearwilly. Yeah, well, I'm happy about that. I'm happy that our uh, um uh, our, our station down there, Rotorua and Rotorua Tiarawa, is uh, uh, doing their broadcast, which is being networked around uh, our 21 station, um, uh, around the 21 stations mm. uh, in the country. Are you saying that uh, the organisers should have uh, um, opened it up a bit more to stations like yourselves and uh, um, TVNZ? I'm not sure if TVNZ would have been interested in covering the poor Hedy, would they? The opportunity is there to get like a Sky Channel that's 
exclusively get dedicated to screening the entirety of it. The forehead is free. The, the finals are free. But if you want to watch each team, then you pay per view. Because a lot of Alpha, I know one in five of us are in Aussie crying right now because they can't get access. Yeah. Only one in five will be here. So the other four out of five have to miss out. And if they're coming to us online to get their fix, that's a damn shame for all of those that are getting millions of dollars in radio and TV and print. You know, so us free fellas have to try and get get this, what we're seeing right now live, get the whānau out there. We don't get no money for this. We're actually getting told off for what we do. <laughs> so you're breaking the rules a bit, Potowa. All for the yeah, because I've got a camera here. You and all those... Uh, <laughs> You and all those whānau up and nui nannies. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the whānau saw us with a camera. They pulled out their cameras and their phones. No one's told that you're allowed to pull, um, you're allowed to record the pūhiri. So everyone's kind of like, no, don't do it or you'll get kicked out. And none of us want to be banned. So we're trying to stick to the rules, but also just be creative about how we represent us to ourselves. Well, that's the way to do it, Portoa. Good on you. I mean, you know, I get a bit ho-ha with all the rules. and uh, But I am pleased that Māori, you know, again, our, our network, uh, Māori Iwi Radio Network, we've always taken the uh, Matatini seriously. And uh, um, so I'd like to see it on mainstream, but, you know, uh, I'm not an advocate for uh, uh, the different networks who, to tell the truth, you know, if the truth be known, have shown very little support for this uh, kaupapa over the years, other than, of course, our our, our Māori-specific programmes like uh, uh, Te Karere. Hmm. Even so, though, could we, because it's all a business-oriented, making-money machine, could we get to a stage where you have empty rugby stadiums, Willie, because the coverage that's broadcast from television is so wide and expensive that uh, you don't even get punters attending those things anymore? That doesn't seem to be the case with the with the uh, you know the Matatini. They uh, you know they they're looking at about fifteen thousand people a day. Uh, I know what you're saying is if they do too much TV coverage, uh, might end up like uh, some of the rugby. Uh, mm-hmm. But but people do want to um, attend. Uh, and uh, you know the, we're in the modern world, so you, you do you got uh, you got the two options: watch it on the TV or um, uh, attend. So uh, it, it's a catch twenty two, really. But uh, you know, Māori TV's got to be congratulated for um, winning the um, the rights there. Uh, but in terms of uh, um, sharing those rights, see, I, I'm more concerned about them those rights uh, among, being shared amongst uh, uh, Maori than uh, um, mainstream who don't show any support for uh, for Kopapa like this. And, I, and so my disappointment is that it, uh, uh, the process wasn't worked through uh, enough with uh, the sort of for knowing as the cousins and, and and friends who work on the other channel who are all on the same sort of Kopapa. You know, I'm talking about the Maori Maori side of things. You know, and in terms of karere, marae, um, those sorts of show, shows, waka huia. So those are the jealousies inherent in our industry as mm. journalists. Mm. I, mean, I see that with IT all the time. Don't do that, you're stealing my idea. It's still a, we've got to protect our patch. And how much can we share? How much are we allowed to share? Because the rules today say I can cover all the matatini groups, but no photos, no videos, so which means I've just got to make it all verbal. So I've got to write tweets and write Facebook updates, but no pictures until 10 o'clock at night when I can filter the photos through. So it's, it's really disconnected. We are in the 21st century, but we're using 20th century rules. Hoha, really? Mm. Yeah. We get around it, you know, our whanau still wants it. It's our fault if we don't do the best we can while we're here. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, as one journalist put it to us during the week, he said, you know, in a way we're almost shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, Well, things could have been done better. I, I think I think things could have been done, done better. As I said, uh, I have no problems with uh, Māori television getting exclusivity. Um, you know, uh, because they purchase those rights. Oh, yeah, well, you know, because Māori TV is trying to establish itself. You know, uh, um, and uh, Māori TV hasn't got uh, uh, the support uh, uh, before. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions, chucked into TVNZ. So um, I, I think that uh, they deserve the opportunity. Uh, it's just a shame they couldn't work, uh, the, you know, the, a proper deal couldn't have been worked out with um, uh, with the other side. So what's exciting for us is that we get the opportunity to be here because Kapahaka is only going to get bigger. It's getting bigger in the schools, it's getting bigger in every society, Australia all through. So I think it's coming to the day when mainstream will look around and go, wow, this is amazing. I'm looking around now, one in eight, a bugger. Yes, it's in front of me right now, so they're all coming. Mm. But they're not coming in the critical enough numbers so that they can convince the programmers to put this on prime time. But for us, it's always been prime time, and it'll continue to have that importance. So I'll just say, Kiro Koito, Kauri Jackson, no Ngati Pro me Ngati Mania Poto, Engari Tupuaki, Aui Rotoite, Taone, Tuatahi, Porirua, Nainai, Tupuaki, Nohoi, Erotoite, Tongo, Otamaki, Noreda, Tinita Mehikia Koto, Kiro Notata. Kia ora, this is Potawa, the digital geek, all the way from Rotorua, no Karawa, no Matatua, Okuwaka. And beautiful to be here in Tamata 2013. Okay. Kia ora, Willie Jackson and Potawa Biasini Tule. Na mihi kia kōrua. In addition to that kōrero, which was recorded on Wednesday, we need to point out that organisers of Tamatatini did have media guidelines to adhere to, but they did make allowances for the supply of photos and film footage with limitations for all media upon request. This is Seahiha on Radio New Zealand. I'm Mariah Rakuraku. And I'm Justine Murray. If you need to get in contact with us, you can hit us up on Facebook. Just search Te Ahika, or you can email us, teahika at radioNZ.co.nz. We love getting those letters. Kia ora, Stuart Buchanan. When you live, breathe and are raised around kapahaka, well, chances are you'll end up doing it as you get older because it's an actual lifestyle. As is the case for Maria Kappa, no surprise there, she is the sister of the leader of champion Kappa Haka group, the Matarai Orehu, Tainatai. But Maria can certainly hold her own. She studied classical music and is an opera singer. We featured her back in 2011. At the end of last year, Justin caught up with her at her home in Rotorua. And what's new? Well, she's formed a new group, Pure Voice. No Rotorua, hi. Um and um, I was born here in Rotorua. My iwi uh me whakatohe aoku iwi. And uh, my hapu here in Rotorua is um, Ngāti Pikiao. Kia ora. Yeah, predominantly, yeah. Predominantly. <laughs> kia, ora, yeah. kia ora, Maria. And we have with us um, Alicia Fa'i Halton. Kia ora, Alicia. Kia ora, Justine. If you could tell me where you were um, born, grew up, and your, your roots. Um, I was born in Palmerston North, New Zealand, um, but my heritage is Samoa, so um, I hail back to uh, Vailima as one of the villages, and Savai'i as well, where my mum's from. 
Kia ora, kia ora, Alicia, and uh, Ramari. Kia ora. Kia ora, tēnā koe. Kia ora. Um, kia ora, tfano. I'm Ramari Sherman, um, no Ngapuhi Metifakatohia. Um, however, I was born in uh, Auckland and um, raised here in Rotorua. So, um, Maria, obviously, when we first met, um, you know, you sung some beautiful aria for Tiahika for our listeners, and since then, it's been about a year. What's changed? Yeah, I decided to, I, I enjoy singing as a soloist, um, but uh, I decided that I'd like to sing with some other women after watching uh, a group called the Celtic Women on YouTube, and uh, they're Irish ladies, and they um, they sing a lot of their own traditional songs, but also a lot of uh, popular and um, well-known classical songs and crossover classical style. And I thought I'd like to do that because I know a lot of our Māori women have absolutely beautiful voices as well, and I thought I'd like to do that with some other women. So I contacted, originally the concept was for Māori women, I contacted uh, young Ramari, who's a beautiful um, Te Aroa singer, and... Um, and then I also, we en- ended up contacting um, our lovely Samoan Te Ine, uh, Elisha, and she joined the group as well. So the concept changed from being Māori women to Polynesian women. And um, obviously, uh, you know, being a Rotorua, and obviously Kapahaka is a big part of Rotorua, mm. there's quite a few top teams in this area. Mm. That's not new to you. Tell us how so, your whanau. Um, it's not new to me. When I was younger, I did um, a lot of kapahaka with uh, competitions and things. But um, my my brother is um, Wetini Mitai Ngātai, and uh, his group is Matarai, Te Matarai Iorihu. And I've um, gone in and done a little bit of um, singing tutoring with them. And also my younger brother, Te Hau Mitai, has a group. Kia ora, kia ora, Maria. So if we can move to you, Alicia. What I really love about... Um pure voice is that the three of you bring so much of your own experience to the group and um, you talked a little bit about before we off off mic that you tour twice a year can you tell us more about that uh yeah i do um i um like maria i do a few solo things as well and um, i just join a few opera companies that are um, around new zealand and we do um, national tours around the place um so one of them is called um opportunity um, play on the word opera and um, basically we go through um, all around the North Island and South Island and do lunchtime concerts for senior citizens which is really nice and we make opera um, more accessible to them by you know um, having performing at venues that are close close to them where they live and things like that so that's that's really fun cool. yeah Alicia was lucky to be the understudy of Māori opera singer Deborah Waikāpuhe in the 2012 production Hōhepa. Beautiful opera, um, beautiful people, and um, uh, yeah, Deborah was one of them, and Philip Rhodes, and um, being a young singer, um, being and seeing them so experienced and and doing their work, it was really nice working with them, and I learned a lot from them as well. I mean, Almost. I haven't closely followed classical singing, but there seems to be quite a few. Polynesian brothers and sisters doing it. I yeah. mean, is it increased over time? Or in yeah, your life, has it? It has actually. It has. Um, you know, you, you would only you would only hear of really just about you know kids kanoa. Um, one would be one. Okay. She would be one of probably hundreds of opera singers. Whereas these days, um, Polynesians, um, Maori Polynesians, are all encouraged to you know go up there and, and give classical music a try. Mm. And 
we tend to be more naturally uh, prone to it, actually. You know, growing up, um, singing with our whanau, mm. singing through church, singing through kapahaka. And the third member of Pure Voice, um, a relatively new uh, classical singing trio, is uh, Ramari Sherman. Kia ora, Ramari. Kia ora. Kia ora. So, um, te whakatō here in Ngāpuhi, but you were born in Ōtara. Yep, born yep. in Ōtara. Um, we stayed there till I was um, seven, then we moved here to Rotorua. Although Maria's been around kapahaka and tutoring, and we have um, Alicia, who was more from a, a, a church background. So in kapahaka, a 40-strong group, you're the I soprano so. in the group. Yep, yep. I'm one of the main sopranos in our group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You won the Māori song section of the New Zealand um, Aria yep. competition. Yeah, I did. What, did. what song did you write? So I composed my own song, Te Māori Pūro. Um, and, and we'll sing that for you too later on. What does that mean in English? Um, the essence of uh, music and um, how how I feel it has um, um, life um, energy, life giving properties, and, and well being in music. So it's music lifts the spirit. And um, so you write you wrote the rangi of the waiata as well, and everything yep, the words compose the words and the tune. Um, what does singing mean to you? Um, I just I just love it, and I just get a lot of joy from um, singing, mostly with other people. <laughs> um, you don't want to do the solo thing? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> not like Alicia and Maria? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I do, but then, um, yeah, I love the harmonies, nice, um, yeah. you know, of, of more than one person, I guess. Um, and... Yeah, and I guess it's just my gift from Tatua, from mm-hmm. God, um, and it's the only thing I'm kind of good at, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case, Ramadi. <laughs> and so Pure Voice, this relatively new trio, um, how did this all come about? Um, yeah, well, Maria approached me um, with an idea to form a trio, and um, I was really keen for it, um, you know, because I, I love singing with others. Um, and so, yeah, she said, let's, let's form a trio. Um, back then it was Māori trio. Um, however, we got um, Alicia in with us, which was awesome because um, I also, you know, have a great passion for um, Polynesian dancing and waiata. So it just, it just fit, you know. Um, and, and, yeah, the rest is history. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora rā, Maria. I'll hand you over to Maria. Kia ora, Maria. So the group Pure Voice, um, what do you hope to achieve as a group? Um, girls, purpose? what do we hope to achieve as a group? I think, um, well, from my perspective, and I'm sure the girls will have something to say, 
Um, I, I do like the idea of showcasing the fact that Polynesian women can sing and that we can sing in all sorts of genres and, and also make it um, attractive to our younger ones coming through as well. Um, there is some, I'm doing a little bit of teaching again at Girls High School, which is called um, Rotorua Girls High, and I'm taking under my wing a group of um, young girls who are just beautiful and very suited to this genre. And when they see it performed, when they see it modelled, uh, they're more likely, I think, to, to want to... Um, have a look at doing it themselves. Kirita Kanawa is kind of retired and sort of, you know, moving down. And we have a lot of uh, beautiful young singers coming through, but we have opportunity to model this to our, our rangatahi and hopefully snare a few of them and get them involved as well. Is there a, um, you know, aspirations to do gigs? Well, we, yes, yeah, we've been we've been lucky enough. We're, we're doing um, a few, actually. We um, just... There's a national conference here in Otero at the Bluebards and um, Anita Morgan, a lovely friend of mine, she's asked us to sing there. And we've got um, some more work with, um, there's the the Wine and Food Festival here in Rotorua. Um And, yeah, for, for a young group, we've kind of, for a new group, we've kind of hit the ground running. We're sort of, um, I think it's mainly the, the classical side of things. We're really working at the classical side. Our Polynesian stuff we can kind of put together quite nicely and do that beautifully. Uh, the classical stuff needs a little bit more attention. And as I said, we've hit the ground running and we're trying to get a good yeah. repertoire together to showcase all that we want to do, which is our beautiful Polynesian stuff and then also the classical side of things and uh, some of the beautiful popular songs that are out there as well. Mm. Cool. And what I love is that you're right. I don't. Well, I don't know of anybody that's really doing what you guys are doing. Mm. So there's a, a market for it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that's something that I that I noticed as well. Because Rotorua, um, do they still host the opera in the pa? Yes, they do host opera in the pa. Trevor, are you listening? We'd love to Trevor. sing at opera. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor Maxwell. <laughs> We'd love to sing it at opera in the pa as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so a- as a group, yeah, yeah. So. For, our, for our listeners who are tuning into Tiahika, who perhaps think, oh, this must be just an exclusive Rotorua thing, are there anything like this happening, like in Auckland or the other suburbs, like classical competitions or news or anything? Uh, Alicia can answer to that, but but as Alicia mentioned before, there was a lovely opera production, Hohepa, you know, which has gathered in a, a lot of yep. our, our singers. Uh, but Alicia can answer to that one. Um, in terms of Māori Polynesian competitions, um, in the classical realm, there really isn't mm. much at all. Yeah, and I think it's, that was what so, was so special about Hohepa was that that was pretty much maybe the first uh, mainstream. Well, you know kind of in the opera world anyway um, that, you know, Polynesians mm. and Maldives have been together. Um, I'm sure there's little um, little productions here and there, but in terms of competitions, yeah. not at all. So we definitely need to yeah. possibly start them. So do people who um, hear you, hear about Pure Voice, how can they get in contact with you? Is it, Do you um, have any online presence or...? Actually, probably you can find the links on radionz.co.nz. Yes, yes, yeah. And um, we have we have set up a Pure Voice uh, Trio Facebook. Oh, uh, cool. We've, 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 yeah, it's, it's actually needs to be fleshed out a bit, yep. but we're setting up things like that and also a um, a website and a uh, an email address. Wow. So all of that will be, you know, handed out on business cards and things like that and um and this youtube if you put in pure voice trio you'll see our trio it's a kind of a rehearsal 
that we're doing in there, but you get an idea of, of what we can do. Mm. I mean, the three of you are working professional women. How mm. is this going to affect your everyday lives? You know, we, we have gorgeous, lovely, understanding husbands <laughs> who, are, yeah, who are very supportive yes. and um, allow us to to take the time out to rehearse and uh, yeah, and put the kids to bed and all that sort of thing because we still have young children. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Oh, I'll just hand it over to. Um, now, this is your peepee, ne? Aye. Let's talk about your peepee here. Um, this is Rea Rangitamata Iskanya Eve Bryant. Oh, lovely. How do you find that? How do you juggle singing, working, and yep. children? It's it's very busy, um, and it is a big juggle, um, but we just we just do it, you know, and uh, it's because um, I'm so passionate about music, and it gives me great joy. So if Mama's happy, the kids are happy, and so is Papa. <laughs> okay, the song we're going to sing you is um, um, a song that I composed, Te Mauri Puoro. And it um, just sings about how there is um, life force in music and how music is uplifting. The song is actually on a recorded album by Tikuro Ruamata called TNAO um, and soon to be released. So you'll find this song on there um, with me singing it as a soloist, but this is our trio version from Pure Voice. I just grabbed a, a line out of my waiata that I composed, um, Kia mau ki te ha o hine putehue. And that means um, uh, hine putehue being the goddess of, um, of the gold and um, uh, represents peace and um, peace and harmony in music. Kia ora. Next week, Justin's the one of the Fanonga and Māori chef Joe McLeod, who talks about Marakai. He mihi tēnā ki a kaitakatoi a re taringa mai nei ki tēnā hōtaka atia hika. That's us for another week. He mihi ano ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnā wiki atu i tērā ki ngā kai hanga kōrero i runga i te rorohiko nā mihi. Hoki mai hei tērā rātapu mai te whanau atia hika. Kia tātou katoa. Māori ora.